I've been ill. It's real simple, man. Our policy is to keep it real, keep it authentic. That's how we're giving it up. I am the real deal. 100% straight raw. Throwing it up with my man, El Neal. And now your host, El Neal. Yes, 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 indeed. You may know today's guest of honor from American Gangster Trap Queens, but this young lady, let me let you know right off the rip that it's a lot more that lies behind the story that you heard on American Gangster. This young lady is not only a former music manager, author, and the founder of a nonprofit organization giving back to her community. Right here, ladies and gentlemen, I have the pleasure to sit down with Miss Ayana Bean. Miss Ayana Bean, give it up for Ayana Bean. Thank What's you. What's going on, Yana? Hello, hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And you? I'm good. I'm good. It's a pleasure to have you sitting here today to tell your story and share with the people. You know, I like to call my RDC crew, you know, the real deal crew right here. And, okay. um, you know, right off the rip, you know, I watched the episode of American Gangster Trap Queens. And okay. I'm looking at the story and I'm, I'm comparing it to some of the other stories that was in the first season. Mm-hmm. And um, I said... Who is Ayana Bean? Mm-hmm. I need to know. Like, so we had the pleasure to meet at an event, and I said, you know yeah. what? I want to reach out to Ayana to get the story from her side to to understand who is Ayana Bean. Please do me the pleasure of getting to know who is Ayana Bean. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and, you know, and I'm always on it when I'm invited to any platform. Um, because, you know, the, the show itself, and I'm really grateful to have been on the show. Granted, it's not the, the vision I had for myself um, coming up um, and the, the work that I have been trying to do. But, you know, this came, this, it came across my way, it came across my path. And I took the opportunity to, to use that platform. And I want to use that platform to do positive things with it. Um, so who Ayana is, Ayana is a regular person. Um, my book title is A Year in a Day, Memoirs of a Regular Girl, and I am just that. I'm a regular girl, a regular young lady who wanted to, who saw more for herself and wanted to do more, wanted to give more. And the, the decisions that I made and the choices that I made to get to those places is what cost me some time in prison, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, it doesn't change who who I actually am. I'm a kind person. I'm a given person. I'm caring. I'm thoughtful. Um, I'm always wanting to help. I'm always wanting to to encourage and to inspire others that, you know, whatever dream you have, whatever it is you want to do, I'm the biggest cheerleader for you. Like, go ahead and do it. You know, you can do it. There's nothing that says you can't do it. It's just about how you're going to do it. And you want to do things in a way that continue to shed light on you um that continue to be positive for you that is going to bring more for you like your, your cup can get filled but you got to dump some of that out also in order to get more in and the more that you learn and the more that you give the more that you're going to receive so that has been um who ayana is and um i'm continuing not that i'm perfect at it <laughs> but i'm continuing to learn that every day as we all should and um i'm moving forward I'm moving forward, and I always will. One of the things I, I found interesting with watching the whole series of American Gangster, most most of them were 
either in the drug game or mm-hmm. some type of um you know or, or you know there's there's a couple other ones in in the next season that I noticed like yeah. there's some shoplifting and things like that mm-hmm. and, um, scams and things of that nature but mm-hmm. um I found it interesting I was like what made them pick Ayana mm. like I wanted to know how how did that come about you being chosen to tell your story mm-hmm. through the American Gangster series. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you asked that question because um, I think that I've been, um, I think that there's a misconception on shows like this and other shows. It's not, it's not a show where you go and make a casting call for who wants to tell a story about the worst thing that ever happened in their life. I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't, <laughs> there wasn't a casting call for that. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2000, and just to give you a little bit and to answer the question fully, but just want you to give the whole background of what it truly felt like and meant. In 2014, um, I began a federal um, prison sentence a year and a day, and uh, they sent me to Lexington, Kentucky for that. Okay. Um, my sentence began a year and a day, so you do 10 months. Um, so I was back in Boston in 2014. Okay. Um, I hit the ground running, not knowing what to do, because now I have, you know, this is my second case, but this was a federal case. And now it's like I, I was I was done with trying to do anything above and beyond what was pres- what was in front of me or what I could do. So it was like, where am I going to work? What am I going to do? Like, I didn't come home to, you know, my own house and things like that. Like I was on my mom's couch. Um, I had to find a job. Then it's like you're on probation. I was trying, I was getting jobs that I, that I had the skills for, but I couldn't, I'm not supposed to do those jobs anymore, you know? But when you first get home and you're trying to, you know, you keep hitting these walls, you're trying to do whatever it takes to land back on your feet. Right. Mm -hmm. So finally I just hit my head a couple of times, like, I can't do this. I can't do that. But that ended up finding a job. And I was at that job and just like in true Yana fashion, I just know that there's always more. I'm always doing something. It's never just one job it's always more that i'm doing you know trying to just trying to be something special um and i remember having this just sitting and having this talk with god saying you know what if this is i worked the job i was there a couple of years before i said this to myself to me and god i said you know god let me know if this is what my life is supposed to be then i'll just keep doing this but if it's not, please, please help to direct me to where I'm supposed to go. And I remember saying that, talking to meditating on that for like, I don't know, it, had, it seemed like forever. But one day <laughs> I get a call from my sister and she's like, girl, you won't believe this. I'm like, what? Oh, God, please. Not somebody died or whatever. It's just, I can't deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, um, BT is doing a show. And, you know, our, our friend Nan gave a call to us and she, you know, she wants to know if you would be interested in doing it. And I'm like, what kind of show? You know, what kind of show is this? Because it can't be that I was successful in the music business, <laughs> you know, because I wasn't. <laughs> you know, like, what else, what else would, you know, I qualify to do? And she's like, they're doing this series about, you know, women in crime. And I'm like, no, God, God, no, this is not what I meant. <laughs> this is not what I meant for God to do for me, you know, but who was I to say that? I wasn't looking to tell my story about me committing crime and, you know, 
the things that are the most painful in my life, you know? Um, but I prayed on that. I talked about it with my family and it was okay. If I'm going to do this, it's going to help someone else. And I believe that this is the way that God has directed me to go. So, so I ex- agreed to do the show nice. and that's how that came about. Now, um, Nan is a young lady that, um, is here from, she's from Roxbury. Um, and she was work. She works with the production company that was filming the show, um, alongside with BET. And, um, when she gave me the call, um, to ask if I would be interested in it. And, um, I just, I just gave it a shot, like, all right, let's, let's do it. So, you know, I, then some other producers called me, I talked to them about my story. And then, um, a few weeks later, I, I was told that they were coming to Boston to film me and, um, and, and, and there it is. And now, um, it's on the BT plus app. You can watch American gangster. My season one, episode seven is myself. Um, right now the new season's out season two and, um, April 7th, it's going to be airing on actual BT network. Sometimes we need to tell our stories and our stories are being told to help the next person. And we might not even know that person might not even be aware Mm -hmm. of anything that they may be going through, any trials or tribulations or anything like that. I noticed that, you know, you were in the music business, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's talk about um, some of the artists you were dealing with and more importantly, the conference that you were giving, because um, mm-hmm. I know the conference was local in Boston and, mm-hmm. you know, in Boston, we we have conversations all the time about how, right. um, yeah, there's a dying need for a <laughs> lot of things here to make this music yeah. happen. Well, um, the conference I did um, was called the Math Music Urban Conference. Okay. Um, I, I got into that because um, I started working at a, a college. Um, and that college was for the arts and had um, WRBB radio station and stuff like that. So I thought I was interested in mu- magazine publishing, actually. Okay. You know, I wanted to do like my own little magazine. And so I was taking classes to do magazine publishing. But, the ins- you know, it's all kind of in the same realm. Um, magazine, entertainment, pub- all that stuff is kind of intertwined. Um, and then a couple of friends of mine started a record label. Um, and I had access to different, you know, to different resources for them. So I would, you know, just help them to figure out little answers to things or how to connect or, you know, how to set their business up for the music business and stuff like that. Um, And as I got, as I was looking for all those answers and doing the research, I just started finding, um, you know, there wasn't much here. And as you know, there wasn't, especially then, there wasn't a lot that you could um, do here in the city. There wasn't a big, you know, any organizations, people weren't, not any networks to go to, to learn about, unless you're in school, right? Yeah, very so, true. So, you know, I wanted to know what a record pool was. I, I, I took a whole outline of how a record label is run. And so it was like record pool, that, you know, advertise. So every single little piece I started to learn about individually. And um, in doing that, I was finding different events to go to. So I would go out to like ASCAP events, BMI, CSAC events, um, learning about, performance rights associations about um your Nielsen sound scheme like how that stuff works how do you get money from this how do artists set themselves up as a business to be able to um to make themselves successful right mm-hmm. um and I and I would go to all these events in different states and like I, I went to um talking about the record pool I went to TJ's DJs I, I contacted him it came up googled okay. it yep. he came up um and I called them directly 
spoke to him on the phone. You know, there was an event that they were having. It, they, it was a big event. They would do, um, it's in Tallahassee, Florida, and it was called, um, well, TJ's DJs was kind of like, you go there, there's artists there performing, record labels are there, and, you know, this is how they present, you know, their artists and things. So um, he told me that, you know, I planned on going to the event, and he was like, yeah, I, you come down, I'll show you how to, you know, how a record pool runs. So I'm like, word. So I go down there a day or two before the event. I go right to his place. He shows uh, shows me and my um, friends um, how the record pool works, bring us into the whole thing. And then we went to the event. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was there. It was like um, the night that Gucci Man presented So Icy that night. So he was there and like there wasn't any red roping off or everyone there was important. So they thought I was important. So good. But it was exciting to to be in the mix of it. And um, what I did was I networked with people that were there, different record labels, different, you know, management and all sorts of things, artists. Um, and I continued to go to these different events. Um, I went to TJ's DJs was one that I frequented. Uh, Core DJ's events was one that I frequented. Mm-hmm. And, and it just like led me to a lot of different places and a lot of different resources and a lot of different um, connections that I was able to network with that, you know, a lot of us are good friends to this day. So, um, you know, that's how I got started in it. And in doing that, it was like, wow, I wish I could bring some things like this home where I could bring labels to the town and then, you know, people could perform and then the labels could see them and they can make these connections as well. So I started to um, think in that line of, okay, so now I have a purpose when I'm out here in these events. Now I know I want to put together my own event. And so I started to to build it out and how I wanted it to look and how I could imagine it to be for, for the people in the town. So that's what I, what I did. Um, I brought different labels here. I, um, I had keynote speakers. Uh, Clinton Sparks was on one of my panels, a DJ panel. Mm-hmm. I had um, um, James Roseman, Mr. Jimmy Henchman. Mm-hmm. He was the keynote speaker at the event. There was a lot of artists there um, that did performances as well as they were able to speak and, connect with the panelists and um, the labels there. Um, and it was great to me. It was great because it was, you know, I'm a procrastinator mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm a good person to say, oh, I got this great idea and, uh, you know, this is great. This is what I'm going to do. And then somewhere along the line, it may fall off. Right. Mm-hmm. So this was big to me because it was something that I wanted to do. I started to do the work on it and then it actually happened. So I was and, excited about that. You know, a lot of artists aren't even aware of these, what, what they used to call them was the retreats um, that uh, TJ DJs used to do. Core. Shout out mm-hmm. to TJ. Shout out to uh, Tony Neal yeah. for Core DJs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about um, this book you got going on. Yes. New yes. author. New author, right? Something yep. else to add to, to what I got going on, right? Okay. <laughs> trying to, trying to, um, to well-round myself. Um, you know, I always considered myself to be a person that was a good writer. You know, English was one of my favorite things. Um, but uh, I never did. And I used to have notebooks and notebooks filled with things that I would write. But I've never, I just never did it, you know? I never did it. Mm-hmm. So right now, it's when this, um, you know, when the, when, the, when the season, when American Gangster Trap Queens was presented to me, it was like, wow, well, you know what? I think that a book would be a great follow-up or, you know, goes more into detail than just that couple of chapters of my life that you see on um, the TV screen. Um, And, you know, I think it's important to connect with, um, connect with people 
that are like myself and not everyone will be able to connect with just those, you know, those few minutes that you see on the series. So it's like, you know, how I grew up, you know, what type of, you know, young lady I was, the traumas, the challenges that I faced and went through, um, getting to that point through the crime um, and afterwards. And it's just about challenges and how you still, no matter what, you got to push through. Um, I'm hoping that someone else sees my challenges and sees me here today and understands that, hey, I, I just, you just cannot get up, give up. You just can't. You can't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. You know, give yourself a chance. And and that's the message that my book, um, I hope that, you know, the episode that you see um, and the things that I'm prepared to do in the future and, and whatever comes my way, just giving myself a chance and moving forward. And hey, all those chances may not turn out to be the best, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give myself a chance and I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. And yeah. the name of the book. A year and a day. A year and a day. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that that's my prison for all y'all who know prison sentences. <laughs> a year and a day is common. <laughs> a year and a day is very common. Yeah. That's the yeah, mandatory it's, it's sentences. <laughs> right. Which and, and I feel you know, I'm lucky. Like a lot of um, you know, I'm a big advocate of prison reform and all those things. And I can only, you know, I can't identify with being wrongly accused or um, you know, get in a a crazy sentence that didn't match the crime or what have you. In fact, I felt very, um, I felt very lucky in both times that I was, um, you know, that I received sentences that I really thought that this prison sentence was the last time the federal prison sentence was going to be, um, it could have been five years of my life. So I don't have that story to tell that, you know, I got too much time or anything like that. If anything, you know, I could have gotten more. So I'm very, very grateful of the judge that I had and, you know, how my case was presented and the chance that I was given to be able to to be free in just, you know, just a few months, you know. And what I strongly um, think that is important for the young people these days is to know that three months of a sentence, six months of a sentence, no matter what amount of time that you're sentenced with, understand that prison is no joke. You can walk into that prison and within five minutes, you end up in a whole nother situation that you're not going to come home from. Mm-hmm. Or you've uh, ended up in another case because you're trying to defend yourself. It's just the best thing to do is to to do your life, you know, to get your life right, to figure out other ways. Don't don't get caught up in the system because once you're in it, you know, you can't even get out. I mean, I couldn't even get a job at Instacart. We definitely have to stop. We definitely have to stop punishing people well after they've completed giving their time back. You know, they've, you know, we've, we've done the crime. We've done the time for that. Should not have to be punished for that for the rest of your life. Like there's a lot of criminals out here who haven't been sentenced or caught or arrested, you know, um, and they're continuing to do so. You've seen that in our government these days. You've seen all of this that has happened. So, you know, understand how life goes, um, understand how life goes and you're not exempt from anything, you know, so you really have to just really work hard and, Staying on the straight and narrow. And it's hard to do that. It'll cost you nothing to throw your whole mm-hmm. life away. It'll cost you everything to try to get your life back. And- no, not at all. And, and you got to understand with these days and times, um, you know, how, how, how does it work? Listen, if you get a federal case, you may say you don't even have to be caught with anything. They could just tell you they heard on a tape 
of your name was mentioned with another person and now you're in a conspiracy. There's no evidence. There's no, you know, you say, oh, I didn't have nothing. It's, your name was mentioned or they heard it or whatever. It doesn't matter. They can make up anything they want to put you right where they want you to be. And that's, and that's a fact. I, that's an absolute fact. I was, I was just, <laughs> you just brought me back to um, part of your episode on Trap Queens when um, the DA said something like, um, I don't want. I don't want to, want to misquote her, but I think she called you a mm-hmm. monster, or something like that. And you was like, "Yeah, how me? How you know?" <laughs> like, and 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 I say that because that's so common, and people don't understand that. Yeah. Like, DAs they love their job. Their job mm-hmm. is to build up numbers and put people away. This is the thing. Once you put yourself in that position. They are allowed to say and do whatever because you put yourself in that position. And, and I'm not going to say, ev- and I can't speak for everyone, but I'm going to say for me, I put myself in the position that I was in. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a person to blame for that. I made my choices. I made my decisions on what I decided to do. And those decisions landed me in a place that I shouldn't have been in because of the choices I made, you know? But now that I made those choices and I went through that process, I know better today. Yeah. Hey, it didn't. It doesn't say that you only can make a, um, you can only do a mistake one time or two times before you learn something. No, you don't know how many times it takes a person to bump their head before they actually get something. Everybody learns differently. Things mean, you know, your values and morals are different from each other all the time. It doesn't mean that you're an idiot. It doesn't mean you're stupid or you're just not getting it or you're just a monster. It just means that you're not acknowledging what's going on with you. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it takes places like that for you to be in, for you to even know who you are. When I got there, it was like, what? Who? What am I doing in here? You know? What am I doing in here? Even the people, they'll tell you, what am I doing in here? You, you got to have um, your own wake up call. It's not what someone else can tell you when you're when you're trying to do something. Hey, I'm a I'm a person who I, I, I don't really listen to people. I don't like asking for help. I don't like people telling me what to do. I like to figure things out by myself, come up with my own answer and conclusion, you know, and unfortunately, that has gotten me in some trouble. It got me in some trouble. Why didn't I ask for help when I in, instead of taking the roads that I took, you know? I never, people didn't know what I was doing. It wasn't like, oh, I feel good about this. Obviously, I didn't feel good about doing something because I was hiding it. You know, it wasn't, it's not, it's not cool to be doing wrong. It's not. Um, I think in today's community, there's kids that are growing up feeling like you're ill if you carry a gun. Why aren't we teaching our children in the black communities that you're ill if you don't have a record and if you want to carry a gun, you get a gun license. Why do black communities not teach their kids like other communities teach their children to get gun licenses before they even know what a gun is, before they even want one, before their friends at the school, at the playground, or some boys in the neighborhood show them a gun? You know, one of the things I always um, say is, you know, I was a MECO student going to school in Sudbury, but I lived in Mattapan right near Shavu. I lived three, three houses down from Frank's place, you know? So I go out to Sudbury, I come back there. What? That's a different world. You know, Very it's a different, different world. world. <laughs> so it's, it, it taught me how to 
like develop multiple personality disorder because there has to be one person here and another person there and this person couldn't be that person over there and that person didn't fit in in, in this place. So, you know, I think that, um, you know, as kids, when we can't determine the differences of things, you know, it can, it can be co- quite confusing. Very. You know, and you don't, the easiest thing always wins. So if something's too hard to do, if you feel like you can't do it, it's already lost. If you think this is easy to do, you can already do it. Like someone putting a gun in your hand and telling you to, to keep it, that's easy. They just gave it to you. Now you applying for it, passing in the proper paperwork for it and going through all that, that seems difficult. So that kind of stops some people from doing that. And that is how it's, it's set up. The system is set up. So you have a nonprofit organization that you have started. Yes. Let's talk about yes. that. Well, I created this nonprofit organization called Sisters United for Change. Um, and actually, I'm in the process of changing the name of that, too. But um, the, the foundation of it is still the same. Um, it is to, to provide services and resources for um, at-risk youth, especially young women. Um, there's lots of funding for, for young men and lots of programs for young men. And I think that, um, you know, we lack a little bit where we service our young women. Um, and so I want to focus a lot on that as well as providing resources for, for those women re-entering home from the, into society from the prison system. So, um, you know, I've started the nonprofit organization. It's up and running. So I'm just really right now creating alliances with other nonprofit organizations, learning how to do the work and get those things done um, and service the needs of, of, of those people. Given my, my give back. <laughs> That's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. Right. Well, Ayana, it's definitely been a pleasure. Um, I learned about some more new things about you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Do we have a date uh, for the expectation when the book is going to be released? I don't have a specific date, but I will tell you that the book is set to release in May. Um, And again, everything is kind of like, when is the city, you know, what things can we actually get done in which cities? Some cities are more open than others. So I'm putting together a book tour right now. Um, and of course, I want to start it off here um, at home um, and I'll have some, you know, some other some other friends come along, of course. Um, you know, I have relationships with a lot of the other women um, that are on the series as well. And a lot of them have books out already and doing amazing things in the communities um, and just getting together and partnering with them as well. So hopefully um, I can get some of them up here to, to also help do some of this good work in our community and introduce them and their stories and lives to inspire some others. Um, but that's that's the plan. Um, I'm hoping this summer is going to be the summer that I'm out and about um, getting my story out there to help someone else and being able to to provide resources for those women that are just like me, that were just like me. <laughs> and I'm, I'm assuming all the book will be available on all platforms. Uh-huh. Yes, it's going to be available on all platforms. I also at the book tour, I'll have physical copies, but of course it'll be on all the digital platforms as well. Um, you'll be able to download it to your Kindle. You'll be able to purchase it through Amazon. Also um, my own uh, website, you'll be able to purchase through that. Okay. Um, so we're going to cover everything. We're going to cover all those platforms. It'll be easy to get. Dope, 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 dope. And for those that are, uh, if they want to get in touch with you as far as the uh, nonprofit organization, um, mm-hmm. how could they do that? Right now, the best way to get in touch with me would be through email. You can reach me at info, that's I N F O, at Miss M S Y A N A 
B-E-A-N.com. So any inquiries you have or, you know, any anything is the best, the best way to get me is through email. And to get any updates on, um, you know, what I have going on and um, when the book is coming out, you can follow my Instagram. I'm more active on my Instagram than anything else. Um, and my Instagram is at that's what it is I appreciate <laughs> you Thanks for coming aboard People you Thank heard you. it for yourself Give it up for Miss Ayana Bean Thank you <laughs> Follow Ill Neal On Facebook and Twitter At DJ Ill Neal On Instagram